Good morning. Well, it has been brought to my attention um, that among all the many gifts we've received this season, um, this morning we have Peggy Hoback back with us. And there's another wonderful gift, Peggy. And so many wonderful visitors, friends, um, people that we love dearly and miss um, often. And uh, so glad you're here. And those of you who we may not know, it's good to get to know you. And so thanks for being here. Let's pray together as we begin. Father, thanks so much for this great day. Thanks so much for all the blessings of being your children. And Lord, the, the greatest gift of all, your Son among us, you and the flesh, um, here, living, being, what comfort and peace and hope that that gives to us. Pray today you'll draw us near to you, be with all the sick, those who are struggling, Father, in, in every way. Uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Be with them and heal them and encourage them. And be with the ones who are not with us now, uh, today, for lots of different reasons. Uh, give them safety. And those who are here that will be going home, pray for safety as them as well. And Father, thanks so much for a really neat holiday season, a time that we get to reflect on so many right things. But right now, thanks for being together. Here in this place, uh, singing songs that you so deserve, with our brothers and sisters who we like and love. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So speaking of gifts, I, I, um, I'm not so ready, I'll just be honest with you, I'm not so ready for Christmas to be over. I'm not sure how you feel about that. Maybe you're one of those who just stress out and, and, and freak out and get all in a twist on the holiday seasons. I, I understand. Um, I've, I've, I know folks like you. You, for instance, I'm kidding. But, but I get it, you know, I mean, I understand. It, there's a time uh, when, when all of this, we really want it to be over, but I'm not so ready for it. And I have a problem with going to Walmart right now, or Target, or any department store, because I'm concerned what I'm going to find when I get there. I'm pretty sure what I'm going to find is that Christmas has been relegated to clearance racks and discount shelves and things like that, and that, and that gifts that people so intentionally bought are being, um, are being distributed back in the long lines in the return areas. You know, I meant for you to have that. That's so weird. Okay, I confess I've been that guy too. Anyway, but, uh, but, but, but there you go, and, the, and let the regifting begin, right? And all of that stuff, I, 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 that's my concern. If I went there, that's what I would find. And so I'm not so quick to go right now. I'm really not ready for Christmas to end. Not ready for the holiday season to be over. I don't know about that part. More like what I really know Christmas to be. Because there's a part of Christmas that doesn't come from a store. Perhaps maybe Christmas means a little bit more. There's a part of Christmas, right, that you can't, you can't discount you can't put on a clearance rack. You can't re-gift it, though you should hang on to it and give it away. And you certainly can't return it. I, I've had those gifts, those ones, you know, that, that you think that you, that you won't ever use. But it came from someone and you just don't have the courage or the heart to take it back. My father-in-law got me something like that a few years ago. He buys me practical gifts sometimes, tools, like I'm ever going to use a tool. What? 
And he bought me this tool. Tyler, could you remind me what it's called? An oscillating multi-purpose tool. What? Really? An oscillating multi-purpose tool. I had it for two years before I ever used it. I didn't know the name of it. To even understand what it was, Tyler borrowed it and so therefore told me what the name of the tool was. That's a bit embarrassing to acknowledge, but I will tell you this. Before Tyler borrowed it, not knowing the name of it, I found out something. It was an incredibly practical and useful gift. And those of you who don't have one and know what it is, you're ticked off at me right now for having one and not using it more often. I know, Jake, you got a problem with me right now. You're going to meet me in the back and say, use that tool. When it came in handy, when I finally realized what it was, I realized that for two years I could have been using the thing for everything. I mean, it works in every situation for everything, but I didn't have a clue that I needed it. I mean, I knew that he got it for me, so it, so it must really matter to him, and it should matter to me, and it did. The gift was awesome, but I didn't know what to do with it. And then I found out, and it was awesome, and some gifts are like that. And the thing that I'm not ready to give back, that I'm not ready to let go of, is that very gift. And it has been given to all of us, and some of us grasp it with both hands, with all of our lives, and we hang on. And some of us don't. We find out that it won't fit on the clearance rack. It doesn't, it doesn't have the barcode, so it can't return it. can't really re-gift it. And so we just kind of leave it setting for a while, not fully knowing what to do about it. But one day we all, we all come to understand we need it, and we will come to understand that we need it very well. And the story of the gift goes something like that: this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, to Judea and even to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and, and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were scared to death. But the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for everyone, everywhere, for all time. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, the Messiah, the Lord, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, glorifying and praising God for, for all of this. And they said, peace on earth. Glory to God in the highest. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Hope, life. And, and, and as they, they honor and they praise, they just disappear. And here are the shepherds wondering what has just happened. And they have this wonder about this, this, this struggle about them as they're going to press off to see this child. The same thing that happens with us often 
this time of year, everyone, as we would say, is looking, not everyone, of course, but so many in the world. And they find out it's not in the gifts. And though we like decorations, it's not in the decorations. All that goes back in a box. But as the Grinch would say, don't you long for a little bit more? Shouldn't it be something much deeper? And in this story, we find the incredible truth, the incredible hope of Jesus coming into the world. What we celebrate, what we look to, what we desire, what we hope for this time of year. And yes, as Christians, all year long. Yes, as Christians, every day through. And though we don't have a date, Scripture doesn't give us a date for his, his birth. We, as the world looks on, look to him. And so, so what's interesting to me is I wrestled with this, and I was praying the other day through the scripture, and as I was praying, I just quoted this verse, this, these, these verses to God. That's kind of fun, by the way, telling God what he said. <laughs> and so, so I'm, I'm praying through these, these verses, and it came to the part where, where Mary, um, she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and then, and then it just came out of my mouth, and she wrapped you in clothes and she, she placed you, God, in a manger, and it blew my mind. I mean, I was just kind of stunned because I know we tell the story, Emmanuel, God with us, and we hope for it, and we long for it, and I know we know Jesus was born in a manger, and we say things like, you know, what, what, the truth, John 14 Jesus says, when you see me, you've seen the Father. Hebrews chapter 1, he's the exact representation. I get that, but I never told God, (laughs) Mary put clothes on you, and she placed you in a manger. There's some implications that come with that. And this is where it got really weird in my head. If David's speaking truth in Psalm 139, and he says, You knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Then God knit himself together in Mary's womb. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Shouldn't that make us kind of messed up in our heads just a bit? My, my first thought was I was overwhelmed with, are you kidding me? How do we race so quickly from the birth of Jesus to get to the living and the cross? Though those are awesome, the gospel begins here. The gospel message doesn't start with Jesus on the cross. That's part of it. But it starts right here that God was so intentional in his coming I don't know how to to grab that. I think you can only experience it. Because I know you're all going, yeah, James, we know. We saw Linus. I love Linus. We've, We've heard the story. I know. That's not enough. It's not enough to hear me talk about it. Get alone and pray about it. Pray through it. Say, are you kidding me? You really came in the flesh? God showed up here like me? 
And we want to race so quickly to reasons why. Die on the cross for our sins. To live a perfect life so we know it could be done. To bridge the gulf, yes. I used to think great thoughts when we started Honduras trips. We were going to go fix everything. We were going to go make it all right. I have a different view of that now. We'd gather money and we'd go build houses and we would think that, that the, the wealthy folks from the north came down to solve some problems for people who don't have the means to solve the problems. Now I just go hang out with my friends. I meet them in their struggles. And they meet me in mine. And some of them need houses and we build houses. And some of them need food and we give them food. Thank God for all of that. But all of them need friends. All of them need someone to show up and just hang out with them. To bridge a gap. To build a friendship. So they know, so we know, we matter. We count. It matters that you were born on this place and that you have a life to live out. You count. We show up. I think that's part of why Jesus, I know that's the reason Jesus came. The ultimate mission trip. He came to, came to fix a broken relationship. It wasn't right. And so to fix it, yes, the cross. To fix it, yes, the walking and talking, the healing. To fix it, yes, all of that. But he showed up to fix the relationship Satan had sabotaged between us and him. Don't let yourself discount Jesus' birth and his existence on this earth into just dying on the cross for your pathetic self. It's deeper than that. He came because he loves you. He came because he's crazy about you. He came because he couldn't leave you alone. And so whatever it takes, i got to fix it. Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> That's a great illustration automatically, right? So Phineas and Ferb, right? They, they build this computer game, and, and Candace is wandering around. I don't even remember the whole story well, but she's wandering around and goofing off and somehow triggers the switch that, that actually infuses her into the game. I'm sure there's a more technical word for that. And so they're saying, Candace, um, you know, in the game, if you die, you really die. And there's nothing we can do about it. And so what do they do? They, they, they create themselves into the game so they can go help her, right? And they know if they die, they really die. But that's the story, man. We're in this thing. And God realizes that they die, they really die, and so i got to do something about it. So he, so, he, so he invented himself, created himself into here, knit himself in his mother's womb, and he was birthed into this world. If he dies, he really dies, except there's one cool thing about God that Phineas and Ferb and you and I don't have. God is sovereign. I'd like to get me some sovereign. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. God is sovereign. Everything, everything, everything Everything answers to him. And so when he died, he really died. But when he said, I'm done being dead, he wasn't dead anymore. And he rose to life to give us hope and life and peace that there's nothing that could overcome. And there's another wonderful part of the gospel and the Christmas message. But we don't get there unless we grab a hold of his birth. And really, really, really grab a hold of his birth. It goes deeper than that, though. On Christmas morning, my wife and daughter and I got up, and we were 
going about our morning. We open the gifts. It's all exciting. And yeah, thanks. That's really nice, Jamie. You're the best dad and husband ever. You buy the best gifts and on and on. Like, okay, whatever. Okay, maybe not quite that. But I go take a shower, and um, as I'm rin- not just leave this alone, okay? But I notice uh, as I'm rinsing off this bloop bloop in the uh, drain, and for those of you who are familiar with septic, septic systems, that's not really good. And so as like we continue through the morning, this backs up into both showers, okay? I don't know if we have any septic people here, but this is really, really, really bad. Nothing's going through, nothing's going any direction. Merry stinking Christmas to you, right? <laughs> no pun intended. Um, so in my uh, concern and confusion, I, I call um, someone much wiser than I, my father-in-law, and um, what's going on? We'll come and check it out. And so um, Don and Jason show up on Christmas Day after dinner, and we dig out a septic system. And find out this is a very simple issue. It wasn't simple getting to the simple issue. There was a lot of digging. There was a sacrifice of Christmas time. Family stuff. And I was reminded of relationship. Though they forget to show me openly in public, hug me and stuff like that. It's very obvious where people spend their time. There's valuable things going on. And they came to fix that. We're in relationship. They fixed our stinky problem. And when Jesus, God, through his son, showed up in the world, that's what he came to do, right? He came to fix our stinky problem. And scripture says that very clearly. Paul says it very clearly. That, that, that this is all dung compared to, right? This is just a mess. All I know and all I have is nothing. And, and just for a word that we need to grasp so we really enjoy and grasp more deeply the, the, uh, the spirit of Jesus' birth, the reality of his birth, there was none of us that don't have a huge stink problem, man. And though we would like to dress up and look nice, and, and I, I could point out a lot of your weaknesses and keep all mine close to my vest so I look, at, look like I have it all together. No, Jesus came for everyone. And he came because it was needed for everyone. Because we had to have it. It wasn't like he said, no, 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 man, Ira Carell, he's good, but I'm dying for everybody else. That was all of us. It was all of you. All of you. And me as well. And when we can grasp that and share that and live in that, we'll come closer to grasping what really happened on that wonderful day when Jesus was born into this world. That being said, I'd like to press on to something. Because I know his birth meant something right then, and we, we need to just hang out there. I love my daughter's birthday, man. It's awesome. It reminds me every year of what she's become for where, where, when she was given to us. And I think it's a great disservice that we could honor one another with something. And never just pick a day for crying out loud. Okay, the world picked it. So let's do it. 
I grew up with, the, with folks, and, and we'll press on in a moment. This is a side note, by the way. Don't get lost here. This is just a side note. I grew up in a time when we didn't celebrate the birth of Christ at all um, in church conversation or language. It was at home. It was a bit confusing, but that's where we did it, and it had nothing to do. We just kept us, you know, we're staying in character here. <laughs> we're, not, we're not budging. Everything's... But we would say things like, we need to use this opportunity. We need to use this situation. The birth of Christ is not for using or usury. It's a huge deal. It's way bigger than that. It's way more precious than that. And I have an inkling that that's probably one of the reasons the world is so confused about him. Is that we use him more than we actually live for him. So how about this at Christmas time? How about when the world gets lost in Jesus, we get lost in him too? How about when he's blowing their minds, we take a risk and let him blow our minds? And we might find out that the story is easier told and shared when my mind is blown for him than when I'm trying to tell you. Man, don't brag on your country music. If you like country music and you really think I ought to be hooked on it, I want to see you singing it and liking it. And if it's a good enough song and it, and, and, and it resonates with me, I'll ask you more. And those of you who like it, you have some impact on me. Not a lot, but some. And the world doesn't want to know how correct or incorrect they are with Jesus. They'd like to see you get lost in him. They'd like to see you blown up in him so that maybe it would matter. And if it did, they'll ask. Or at least it'll open up so you can share. It's not for using. Man, I've been taught that since I was a kid. I've even taught it myself. It came out of my mouth. We need to use this time. No, we need to live it. That being said, pressing on. In light of all of of what we know about Jesus' birth, let's just move a little bit in some of the gifts Uh, that he was given at that time. And maybe from here forward, and looking at a new year coming up, maybe it would project us into the family we're called to be if we could bask in those gifts he was given. So when Jesus was born, one of the things that Mary did for God in the flesh was she clothed him, right? She put clothes on him. And there's some cool scripture about clothes that I want to share with you. One, obviously, is Galatians chapter 3, uh, 26, 27. For all of, the, all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself. That's some clothes God wants to give you, man. The clothing of Jesus. He wants, to put, he wants you to put him on. But there's, there's some other, and it was read about uh, during the scripture reading. Listen to this. Colossians chapter 3, 12 uh, through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Clothing. What does God want for you and what does he want for this congregation? The world, man, is so full of unforgiveness. They're so we're so full of coldness and, and lack of depth in relationship. 
We're so quick to want to hold one another accountable and, and challenge you where you're wrong and take up the offense. That's not what God called his family to be. That's not what he called for us to be. In fact, that kind of living is the opposite of what he has called us to be. And there's a tell on the Spirit of God working in us when we don't live the life he called us to live. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. Moving forward, looking at the clothing Mary put on Jesus, looking at the clothing God wants to put on us, what is it? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with each other. Yeah, man. Some of this stuff's tough. Because I think about people that it's difficult to bear with. It's not about them. It's about me. Bearing is all about me. Yeah, they should grow too. You should, I should. But, but bearing with, man, it's like an offensive weapon. I'm just going to live this way. Bear with each other and forgive one another if, you ha- if, you have, if any of you has a grievance against someone. And forgive as the Lord forgave you. Or forgive so you'll be forgiven. Or forgive and you'll be forgiven. We've seen it written so many different ways that it is, it's not an option to not forgive. It's not an option to get to hold a problem against someone. And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity, the clothing that Mary put on Jesus and the clothing that God calls us to put on, has for us. In the year moving forward, as I think about the birth of Christ and what it would mean to me in 2015 and in 2016, and as long as he put me here, this is the way he wants me to dress as a Christian, as his child. This is what he desires for me. He came to this earth. He He was born of a virgin. God in the flesh, and he was clothed, and he called me to be clothed in him. Uh, the next verse, and, 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 and something that really blows my mind, what I, I, something I love is when the scripture uh, captures the angels, the shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around, and they were terrified. He said, don't be afraid, I bring you good news, and the angels celebrate, they They praise God. They let it pour out of them. Peace on earth. That's what the angel said. Goodwill toward men. And and in keeping with the call, Jesus' call, that he was bringing peace on earth, he calls us to peace, right? That the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. There's something ruling in there. And, and if, if, if you took five seconds right now to decide what truly rules, to isolate what truly rules in your heart, you would know. Ready? Go. What rules? Man, I'm telling you, there's some crazy stuff ruling in our hearts. Fear, stress, shame, blame, bitterness, lust, gossip. Slam. I mean, there's so much ruling in our hearts. And God calls us, because of Jesus coming here, because of God in the flesh, he calls us to be people who let the peace of Christ. Yeah, man, but we spent a lot on Christmas. We've got a lot of bills. Car payments due, house payments due. He hasn't been working. She's been laid off. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since, as members of one body, you were called to peace, 
and be thankful. By the way, in this passage right here, he's going to attack thankfulness three different ways, and probably more than that. As members of one body, you're called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Let let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let the message of Christ dwell among us richly. What's the message of Christ? I wonder who's going to win, the Steelers or the Bengals? That's not the message of Christ. What are we going to do for supper? It's not the message of Christ. By the way, did you see the stock market this week? It's not the message of Christ. A couple of weeks and all our teachers got to go back to work. Kids got to go back. That's not the message of Christ. He loved us. So therefore, we should love one another. Bear one another's burdens. Carry one another's burdens. All of these great truths, all of the great teachings, the why and the how. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Not the message of so-and-so did such-and-such. Not the men, they just get on my nerves after one. I wish Jamie would be finished with this sermon. Not the message of Christ. I mean, the sermon is. but the... Singing to God with gratitude and you know, but I need to back up a minute. Let the, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all, all wisdom through psalm, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Man, you know that, right? Those, those times when, when you said what the Spirit of God moved you to say and you just felt so huge in the moment. I've never said a righter thing in all my life than that right there to him right there. You know those moments, man. And he's calling us to be those people. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Meaning this, whatever you do in word or deed, what are you going to do today? What are you going to do tonight? What are you going to do tomorrow? What do you plan to do next week? What's your New Year's Eve plans? Everything that we do, and this is difficult, man, that ought to be able to have a banner hung right over it in the name of Jesus. This is me. This is what I do. This is how I live. What a wonderful call, man. What a powerful call. He, he, was, he was given to us in the flesh. Why? To fix what had been broken. He came to clothe us, to dress us like himself. Mm, and he called us to peace with him and with one another. Sounds like it's going to be a really great year. I think this is going to be our year. It's going to be a really good one. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the truth from your word. And thank you uh, for moments that you uh, allow me to share and teach and tell. And especially the ones you get me to where I ought to be. I pray that you be with all of us, those who are inclined to respond, those who are moving forward in their hearts toward you and, and, and every, every one of us, that you would just draw us near to you. And that as you give us a new day, 
And as you give us what you give us of 2015 and beyond, I pray, God, that we would be about all of this for your sake and for the world. And Father, we love you and pray for a blessed day in you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you desire to respond in any way, if you want to become a son or daughter of God, there'll be an elder on either side of the auditorium up here, and they'll take your confession. They would love to baptize you into Jesus. If you're struggling, if you want encouragement, if there's something you want to pray for, they'll be there for that as well.